Welcome to day 255 of Shaped by the Word. We're in season three, the story of the prophets. I'm Katie and I'm here with Matt and David. And um, we've been walking through the beginning of the book of Ezekiel and um, this whole this whole year just studying the prophets. Um, it's been really enlightening. It's been um, it's pointed us to Jesus in so many ways, um, which is deeply encouraging, but also, um, it's sometimes it's hard. It's hard to trudge through because there's so much judgment and there's so much sin. And, um, but I, I, my prayer is that you know, today, even in reading, um, a chapter where the subtitle is the end has come, <laughs> um, we can be encouraged that, um, that judgment, though real, um, it comes from a just God and he is a just judge. And, um, not only that, but he has, um, he has provided a substitute for us in Jesus. Um, so would it lead us to worship? That's my hope. Um, and that when that's why we go to the Lord before we even read a word as we ask that he would, um, that he would help us as we read. And that he would, that these wouldn't just be words on a page that can kind of lead us to discouragement about our sin, um, but they would be words that lead us to, yes, the weight of our sin, um, but also the grace and that we have in Christ. So, Matt, would you pray before we read? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your word, and we ask as we turn to it in this time and um, hear hard words that, that Father, you would. Uh, use your word in us to accomplish your purpose, to to convict us in the um, areas of our life where we need conviction, to comfort us uh, where we need comfort. And, and Father, ultimately, would you be glorified in us as we read your word together? Give us insight as we read. Help us to behold you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 7. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, this is what the sovereign Lord says to the land of Israel. The end, the end has come upon the four corners of the land. The end is now upon you, and I will unleash my anger against you. I will judge you according to your conduct and repay you for all your detestable practices. I will not look on you with pity. I will not spare you. I will surely repay you for your conduct and for the detestable practices among you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Disaster, unheard of disaster. See, it comes. The end has come. The end has come. It has roused itself against you. See, it comes. Doom has come upon you, upon you who dwell in the land. The time has come. The day is near. There is panic, not joy, on the mountains. I'm about to pour out my wrath on you and spend my anger against you. I will judge you according to your conduct and repay you for all your detestable practices. I will not look on you with pity. I will not spare you. I will repay you for your conduct and for the detestable practices among you. Then you will know that it is I, the Lord, who strikes you. See the day. See it comes. Doom has burst forth. The rod has budded. Arrogance has blossomed. Violence has arisen. A rod to punish the wicked. None of the people will be left, none of that crowd, none of their wealth, nothing of value. The time has come, the day has arrived. Let not the buyer rejoice nor the seller grieve, for my wrath is on the whole crowd. The seller will not recover the property that was sold. 
as long as both buyer and seller live. For the vision concerning the whole crowd will not be reversed. Because of their sins, not one of them will preserve their life. They have blown the trumpet, they have made all things ready, but no one will go into battle. For my wrath is on the whole crowd. Outside is the sword. Inside are plague and famine. Those in the country will die by the sword. Those in the city will be devoured by famine and plague. The fugitives who escape will flee to the mountains. Like doves of the valleys, they will all moan, each for their own sins. Every hand will go limp. Every leg will be wet with urine. They will put on sackcloth and be clothed with terror. Every face will be covered with shame, and every head will be shaved. They will throw their silver into the streets, and their gold will be treated as a thing unclean. Their silver and gold will not be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. It will not satisfy their hunger or fill their stomachs, for it has caused them to stumble into sin. They took pride in their beautiful jewelry and used it to make their detestable idols. They made it into vile images. Therefore, I will make it a thing unclean for them. I will give their wealth as plunder to foreigners and as loot to the wicked of the earth who will defile it. I will turn my face away from the people and robbers will desecrate the place I treasure. They will enter it and will defile it. Prepare chains for the land is full of bloodshed and the city is full of violence. I will bring the most wicked of nations to take possession of their houses I will put an end to the pride of the mighty, and their sanctuaries will be desecrated. When terror comes, they will seek peace in vain. Calamity upon calamity will come, and rumor upon rumor. They will go searching for a vision from the prophet. Priestly instruction in the law will cease. The council of the elders will come to an end. The king will mourn. The prince will be clothed with despair, and the hands of the people of the land will tremble. I will deal with them according to their conduct, and by their own standards, I will judge them. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Ooh, man, I mean, you read that, there's literally nothing super redeemable about it. The refrain, I mean, there are several kind of refrains throughout this whole chapter. One is, then they will know that I am the Lord. It is the Lord who strikes you. Um, another is that he's going to repay them according to their conduct, mm -hmm. deal with them according to their conduct. And it's a reminder that he's not doing this randomly. He's not doing this um, because he's, he's wicked. He's doing it because they are wicked. Their hearts are wicked. Um, and they have turned to other things. I think one thing that really stuck out to me because we are in the book of James for women's development is um, towards the end, close to the end of that chapter, starting in um, verse 19, they'll throw their silver into the streets. Their gold will be treated as a thing unclean. Um, let's see, 20, they took pride in their beautiful jewelry. They use it to make their detestable idols. So, and so the purest thing, gold, is actually going to be something that's unclean for them. Um, we were just reading in the book of James um, in chapter four, either chapter four or five, let me see if I can find it, um, that their, um, their possessions 
are corroding. They have corroded. Yeah, it's chapter five, verse three. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. So that, I mean, deeply reminded and makes me wonder about James readers, like, because they were believers and they would know um, the prophets. And so it makes me wonder if they thought back to the passages like these in Ezekiel, that um, their possessions became an, a, a deep idol to them and corroded their hearts um, and and caused judgment to fall upon them. So anyway, that I've spoken enough. I've talked Almost enough. Almost like it was an idol or something. Almost. Yeah. Interesting. So what, what sticks out to you guys and what kind of, um, yeah, speaks to you? One thing that grabs me and you, you see it here and there, but you know, it goes back to the whole idea. Like sometimes we think of God and it's like, and he has been really patient, right? It's been like 390 years, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty long suffering. But we also kind of view him as like, well, you know, he's just that kind of guy in the sky and he's pretty nice for the most part. But, you know, verses kind of 17 and 18, you really just get that, you know, when his judgment shows up and every hand will go limp, every leg will be wet with urine. Um, They will put on sackcloth and, and be clothed with terror. Just a reminder of this is a mighty God. He's a holy God. And. I don't know when the last time you were so scared that something like this happened, but mm-hmm. that is a terrifying moment to think about. And yeah, they're living in opulence with their wealth and their possessions and what can go wrong. And then when this shows up, um, you know, just gives me, you know, we often talk about like, you know, the gospel is a motivator and it absolutely is, but also the fear of the Lord is a motivator mm-hmm. for the Christian life um, that he is one to be feared. Not so much now, because we're in Christ as some guy who's going to come get us, but he is big and sovereign and powerful and his judgment is real. And mm-hmm. and so to think about the fear of the Lord um, is something this passage gives us a little room for. And I think it's often good for our hearts. Mm. You know, it's interesting just putting even this chapter in the context of the whole of, of the story of scripture that we've seen up to this point is God res- rescues his people out of Egypt, brings them into a land and enters into covenant with them. And he tells them, man, if, if you walk, you know, in obedience to my command and you live as my covenant people, it will go well for you. Mm-hmm. You'll experience blessing. But if you fail, right, to live up to the covenant, curses come. And and you see, I mean, even at the end of Deuteronomy, Moses is saying, man, here's a long list of blessings. Here's a long list of curses. You know, are you going to live up to the covenant? And they're like, yeah, we will. And even Moses says, you're not going to be able to. And, and so you get to Ezekiel and we see exactly that, that the people have failed to live up to the covenant. You know, they've continued to rebel. We've mentioned several times that the three kind of charges of the prophets a lot of times are, you know, your your worship is not genuine. You're worshiping, you know, idols. You don't pursue justice, and and we see those two things specifically, you know, in the in, in this Ezekiel seven that there's the land is full of bloodshed, the city's full of violence. They're leaning into their idolatry and their their wealth and their possessions, and and so what, I think it was five times he says, "I will judge you according to your conduct." You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not just doing whatever I you know I want to do here. It's you have failed to live up to the covenant, mm-hmm. you know, and so judgment comes. I will judge you according to my conduct. And in the end, you get that, you know, end of chapter seven, and then they will know that I am the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's the Lord still pursuing his people through judgment. Mm-hmm. And it's um, 
to me, it points us ahead to these, those years of silence that his people faced. I mean, they did not hear from God for so long from, they didn't have a prophet for so long. Um, and yeah. And verse 27, the King will mourn, the Prince will be clothed with despair and the hands of the people of the land will tremble. And I think of, I mean, these are the King, the Prince are the most powerful in the land and they are mourning and they are filled with clothed with despair. And, um, it wasn't looking good. It wasn't looking good. And, um, it just, it, it's from our perspective, being able to look back and see this, we can see that there was a plan and that a King was coming, um, a King that would take on all of that judgment on himself, um, for us. And, that I think we need to sit in. I think we need to sit in that for a while to really get um, the weight of that and the power of that. And um, it's just the biggest gift that we could ever receive and not one that we need to um, just kind of breeze by. But um, so, yeah, I think passages like this are weighty and um, I know I'm the most emotional in the room, but I definitely wanted to tear up a little bit as I read it because it just feels it feels yucky. And, um, and I think we're supposed to feel that, um, so that we can feel the, the beauty of the gospel. But, um, let me pray and, and, uh, we hope y'all, y'all, we don't ever say this, but I'm in charge today. We hope y'all have a great day today. Um, father, thank you so much for, um, thank you for your word. Um, thank you for the ways that you change our hearts. Um, the ways that you meet us in your word and you're a good God. And, um, I just pray that you would, that you would transform us. Um, thank you that we get to abide in you, Jesus. Um, thank, thank you that we get to depend on you because you are a dependable and trustworthy God. Um, would you just be with us the rest of today as we seek to depend on you more and more. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <music>